G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In Hebrews 12.23, we're told that we belong to the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Now in Scripture, there's a clear distinction between a son and a firstborn son. If a father had seven sons, he would divide his inheritance into eight parts, and the elders would receive a double portion. But more than this, the firstborn son always had the right of control over the family, subject to the father. This was the firstborn's inheritance. But what does all this mean to us? Well, when we became sons of God by new birth, we also became heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. This means that in addition to the gift of eternal life, there is an inheritance that awaits every believer. God is going to glorify His Son before the whole of creation. Every knee will bow before Him and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. The earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Jesus will be glorified and will reign over the whole earth and we will be glorified together with Him and will reign with Him. That's our inheritance. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome to the program. Hello, Phil's my name. And author and pastor Ken Legg and I today wrap up our discussion on salvation. The subject this week is salvation is forever. It's an interesting statement you just made there, Ken, too. There is a difference between a son and a firstborn son. Can you just enlarge upon that? Sure. Uh, We're talking this week, as you said, about eternal security. Now, there are many conditional passages in the New Testament that are addressed to believers, and some people jump to the conclusion that these are referring to our salvation. Uh, That is, if we don't fulfill certain conditions, then we will forfeit our salvation. Now, that can't be right because we know that salvation is a gift. We didn't get it by our behavior Therefore, we can't keep it by our behavior. Mm. Now, when we become a Christian, we're sons of God. And as we've been saying, once a son, always a son. But we're also firstborn sons, which, as I've shared just now, means that we're automatically uh, in line for an inheritance. We have the right of an inheritance or a reward. Uh, But that's something which can be forfeited. Paul says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God But then he says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. But he goes on to say, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So there's no question about our sonship, but our inheritance, which is our entitlement as firstborn sons, is conditional upon our faithfulness. Um, I think a good illustration of this, Phil, is in the life of Paul. You know, in 1 Corinthians 9, he, he said, you know, I, I discipline my body, I keep it under and all that sort of thing, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Now, I was brought up under the old King James Version, and it mm-hmm. says, lest I should be cast away. And uh, we were taught that, you know, he was thinking about even the possibility of losing his salvation. Well, we know he didn't believe that because he said in another epistle, nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Mm. But he's talking about this inheritance. 
Um, in his last epistle, he says, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. Finally, he says, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And he says, not only me, but all those that love is appearing. Mm. So let's get this right. What you're saying here is that salvation is a gift, the inheritance is a reward for those who are faithful, and that the conditional passengers passages are referring to our reward. They're not referring to salvation. Exactly. I mean, salvation is a gift. We've got to be clear about that. You know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now, if I was to give my wife a, a gift of, say, you know, um, some perfume, and then, you know, just give her an invoice after that. <laughs> That'd be nice. Strange gift that is, Phil, you know. But the Bible says we're justified freely, which means no cost to us. We didn't contribute anything towards it. So salvation is a gift, but then there's a prize. Paul says, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Um, in fact, the new covenant speaks often about the reward. In fact, that word is used 29 times in the New Testament. 15 times uh, Jesus used it. And, uh, you know, he said that some people will receive a great reward. He said, great shall be your reward in heaven. Some will receive a lesser reward and some will even lose their reward altogether. Do you remember in 1 Corinthians uh, 3, Paul says that our lives will be tried or tested by fire. Mm. And if we build gold, silver, precious stones, we'll endure the fire. We'll endure the test. But if we build, you know, wood, hay, stubble, that's all going to be built, uh, burned up. But then he says, yet he shall be saved, yet so is by fire, because salvation's a gift. It's not saying they're going to lose the salvation, though. It's saying exactly. lose the reward. Lose the reward. Very important distinction. It is. And, and, and you know, Paul and the, the other apostles make this distinction in the New Testament. The gift uh, is set before the unsaved, the reward before the saved. Uh, the gift is given in response to faith, whereas the reward is given in response to faithfulness. The gift is eternal life. The reward, though, is reigning with Christ and sharing in the privileges and the glory of his kingdom. As I said, you know, God wants to glorify us together with his son at the end of the age. And is this where the concept of the firstborn son comes in? Uh, You talked about the beginning of the program, the firstborn son has the right to rule in his father's home. Yeah. Now, I believe, Phil, I'm a great believer in this, that every New Testament truth is revealed in the Old Testament. And and we see this uh, revealed so many different t- ways in the Old Testament. Do you remember when God came to Moses, sent you know Moses to Pharaoh, and he said to him to say to Pharaoh that he was to release his people. He said, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, then I'm going to take out your son, your firstborn. Mm. Now, Pharaoh knew what he was saying there. He was saying this people are my firstborn, they're destined to reign over the nations. Now, you're ruling over the nations right now, but that won't last if you hold back my people. Firstborn status entitles a person of position of rulership over others. That's a privilege, though, Phil, that can be forfeited. Let's look at a couple of examples of that. Jacob had 12 sons. The oldest was Reuben, and he was the firstborn. That means that he had the right of priesthood in that family, Hmm. And he also had the right, you know, of kingship through his line. But he forfeited that. He actually committed fornication with uh, one of his father's concubines, Bilhah. Now, remember that Jacob had two wives, Rachel and Leah, and then they each had um, a handmaiden. And through those four, the 12 sons of Jacob came forth, and then eventually, of course, the, the 12 tribes of Israel. 
But Reuben committed fornication with Bilhah. And listen to what the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 5. It says, Reuben was indeed firstborn, but because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph. Now, when you look into the New Testament, we see what doctrine that's illustrating. Jesus said, take heed lest any man take your your crown. Mm. You've got a crown. You've got the right to reign but somebody can take that. You can forfeit that. And we've even seen that in uh, in modern history with King George, for example. Exactly. Who came to the throne. He was not the firstborn, but the yep. firstborn decided to forfeit or forego because of uh, love, basically. Yeah. You know, and um, he was still a royal son. Exactly. He, he gave away his inheritance. He didn't cease being a son, but he, he forfeited that privilege to reign. He didn't exactly. become king. It's a perfect example. Another biblical one, of course, would be um, Isaac had two sons. Esau was the oldest. He had the right of the birthright, but he forfeited the rights and the privileges that he had in that position. Um, you remember he didn't, um, he didn't really esteem that highly. And uh, when he was hungry, he bartered it for just one measly meal. Yeah. Walked away and not really fully understanding the consequences of what he'd done, that he had given away his birthright, his right uh, to reign over the family. And just kind of settled for the salvation, but not the inheritance. Yeah. But but some could say there's a danger of falling into works here. That Okay, if we want to get that inheritance, we've got to do this and we've got to do that. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with works as long as we understand them in the right place. I mean, we can't work for the gift, for the salvation. But when we're saved, we're saved unto good works, which he has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And uh, it's still all by grace. I mean, this incredible inheritance is something that we just come into just because we're sons of God. And and even if we are faithful, it's, we're only faithful because of the grace of God that we have access to. Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.